0: Simple Life Together, Episode 16, Making Decisions Like a Fighter Pilot and the Difference Between Being Frugal and Being Cheap.
1: Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes.
0: And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last show, I talked about simplifying your day by creating a morning routine, and Dan explored the possibilities of doing without a printer to save money and frustration. On today's show, Dan is going to let us in on another cool military secret to help us make decisions. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) And I'll discuss the finer points of being frugal versus being cheap. Before we start, we just wanted to say a special hello to any first-time listeners here.
1: Yeah, so if you're on a journey to simplify your life, then you're definitely listening to the right show. What we really want to do is kind of bridge the gap between consumerism and minimalism. Isn't that right? Yeah.
0: Nobody wants to be a slave to consumerism, and certainly not everyone wants full-on minimalism either.
1: Yeah. We think for us, anyway, striving for a simpler life is what fits us right now. And if you feel that way, too, then this might be the show for you.
0: Yeah. And we want you to be part of the community, too. So please let us know what we can do to help you lead a simpler life in the modern world.
1: And if you know someone else who might like the show, too, please send them a link. All right, so let's get started. We're going to have Diego first today. All right, I am up first. Yay. All right, well, so you'll recall uh, all the way back in show number one, and we've talked about it a couple of times since, that the five pillars that we focus on for our simple life together are faith, family, finances, fitness, and future. Yeah. Well, our future is determined every single day by decisions that we make. That's right. Just kind of going through day-to-day life. And we make decisions all the time, like I said, every single day. And most of them we make without any effort whatsoever. But isn't it funny how like these simple automatic decisions—they're they're so they come so easy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like they're second nature. But other decisions can like lead to hours or days or heck, sometimes months of contemplation and, and struggle yeah. and hemming and hawing back and forth before you make a decision. So today I want to talk about decision making and a very simple framework that you can use to help with your decision-making. It's a a process called the OODA loop. Ooh, the OODA loop. OODA loop, (laughs) not the hula hoop, the OODA loop, (laughs) O-O-D-A. So OODA stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. And the OODA loop is a recurring decision-making process, kind of a cycle that um, you know, if it's necessary to continue the same process over and over again, Uh it can work as a cycle. It was developed by a guy named Colonel John Boyd, and he was a fighter pilot. Later, after he retired, he was a Pentagon consultant. And he's also the guy that's credited with being the key planner for Operation Desert Storm back in 1991. Yeah. So while Boyd's OODA Loop concept began in fighter pilot circles, it's also pretty popular in other combat ops units, too. It's actually become so popular that it's spread to the civilian world and become popular in business and sports. And from what I understand, it's becoming very popular in – and legal, in legal circles with uh, litigation, in the litigation process, attorneys using to show
0: you. it. we got some smart cookies in the military, too. There you too. go. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you've never heard of the OODA loop before. And <laughs> I
0: can't help but laugh. It just sounds so funny. The OODA loop? It's catchy. I, I like it.
1: You know, there's even at, at down by the Air War College
0: huh. at,
1: at Maxwell Air Force Base, there's the, the loop that's out, out front there. It's called OODA loop. Oh, is it really? That's the name of the street, yeah. OODA loop.
0: I'm sorry, guys.
1: Busting it out, huh? So if you've never heard of the OODA loop before and wondering how this little tool can help simplify your life, well, I'm here to kind of share that with you. So let's get started. Okay, cool. So the premise of the OODA loop is that through, like I said, a recurring cycle of observe, orient, decide, and act, you can get inside an opponent's decision-making cycle and gain the advantage. Hmm. But it's it's not like solely for use against what traditionally would be called opponents or the enemy in business. Those are competitors, and that would probably be a more appropriate term than enemy or opponent. But even more generically, just situations that you come across in life when you're trying to achieve your goals, anything, any obstacles that you come up to, are those are technically opponents, right? Sure, sure. And well, we all know that clutter and complexity are our enemy, so... I I can cover how the OODA loop can help you out there, too. So with the OODA loop, if you can get through the observe, orient, decide, and act cycle quicker than your opponent or faster than the situation unfolds, you'll come out on top. So what I want to do is I want to start off by breaking it down. (laughs) Break it down for us. Okay, so first, let's talk about the phases of the OODA loop. And the first step is observe. So essentially, this is when you notice a situation that's a potential problem. It's it's simple. You just see something, you observe it. You know, no judgments are made in this phase. Just that's it. You just observe. Okay. The next one is orient, and this this phase is really the biggie. This is where your entire past comes into play. You know, we have. Um, what do you we mean? Have to, well, you have to put what you're seeing into context so you can later make a decision. Oh, okay. And we do this all the time. And and so in the orient phase, you use your hardwired instincts, your intuition. Your entire history, your knowledge, your experience, uh, any new information that, that, that comes across in the situation. Mm. And you also use like a split-second analysis. You know, even your mental predictions of what the outcome or impact of poten- potential decisions could be. And you use all this to orient yourselves as to uh, yourself as to what you're observing. Okay. Uh, just kind of an off-the-cuff example is, say you're going down the road, and you're on a highway, mm-hmm. and... So somebody kind of cuts out in front of you or you see a big piece of, you know, like dead tires, uh-huh. you know, the tires uh-huh. that die in the highway. And, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you see a big piece of that or somebody cuts in front of you. you. You kind of instantly analyze if it's safe to swerve around you you go through this so you're
0: observing it right i probably would jump right to judgment right there.
1: <laughs> well well it, it, but it happens in such a in a split second like you instantly like check your mirrors your mind is going right. you know that that piece of tire is bad or you know that person cutting in front of you uh, you know could p- cause a situation Okay. so yeah. you know some people might call that instinctively reacting but that that process takes a split second for you to go okay. through yeah okay. so you know from past experience, that if you swerve to the right, you're going to swerve into another car. Right. You know because two, two, two pieces of matter can't occupy the same space at the same time. <laughs> it's I don't know quantum <laughs> physics or something. I don't know, but um, but you know if you go you know towards the left to the towards the shoulder, you're good to go. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So it's this whole orientation process that uh, that your mind goes through. So the orient is very very important. So we have observe and then orient. Right. Okay. So once you've observed and oriented, then you can decide. And we make decisions every single day. And when we do, our decisions aren't just based off the current situation. As I I just mentioned in the orient phase, they're based on everything we've soaked in over our lifetime. Mm -hmm. So now it comes time to act. And acting is just following through with your decision. It's as simple as that. But remember, the OODA loop process doesn't stop once that Those first four phases are done. It's a loop, so it can be repeated over and over again until there's a final outcome. So, of course, in in Colonel Boyd's model, this would likely take place at at altitude with two pilots dogfighting until one of them is victorious. Okay. So, in my former world, it takes place on the ground as you and your enemy fire and maneuver until, you know, hopefully— he stops returning fire, right? <laughs> right. Right? That's the best outcome. <laughs> and so each step in these battle scenarios requires another cycle through the OODA loop. So every time you fire a maneuver or every time you move that aircraft,
0: It's continuous. Here continue. I am
1: talking like my, with my hands like a pilot. You know, what
0: are you like? What am
1: I like? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, you can keep going through that OODA loop process until there's a final outcome. So in your world, the OODA loop may help you as you battle your clutter or as you fight your consumer tendencies, so let's say you're doing the edit and forget it challenge and you're going through a storage area and with each item, you can use the OODA loop to help tackle the whole job with each item. You'll go through the phases observe, you know, okay, there's a widget. The next one is Orient. Do I need this?
0: Do I have Do I it? have this? Yeah. yeah this is whole, your whole area, do Vanessa. It? Do I have to use it? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm kind of treading on your ground there, but
0: <laughs> so yeah. Do I need it? Do I use, uh, do I use it? Do I love it? And, and if, if I don't, if I haven't used it now, do I really know what I'm going to use it right. in the future? Or what if yeah. I do get
1: rid of it? What's the worst? Yeah, that what's the happen? worst that can happen? Can you borrow it or whatever? Right. So that's observe and orient, and then decide: Do I keep it or not?
0: Okay. Yeah. If
1: and if not, what am I going to do with it? And that's another little part of the process. So what are my options if I'm going to get rid of it? I could keep it, toss, toss it, recycle it,
0: donate, donate it, or trash,
1: trash it. it right. Yeah, exactly. So each one of these might require its own OODA loop.
0: You're learning. Yes. Good job.
1: I'm, I'm very smart. <laughs> right. So, and then the final one is act. You want to follow through and, you know, just don't make the mistake of waiting. And this process sounds like it's detailed, but, you know, it's going to become second nature. So, so if you go through, observe, orient and decide, but you don't take action, like say if you're cleaning the house and. You have this item. How, how many times have you worked with clients to say, oh, I'm going to put this over the side here. If it doesn't leave the house, what, what happens?
0: Uh, it just It's more clutter again.
1: Right. It, it just stays
0: it, there. and it, then you It comes it right just, back yeah. in, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So you kind of lose the whole battle. You just have to make sure you follow through with the action process. Yeah. All right? So you know what? Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what that sound is? It's yeah. not an owl. <laughs> That's the sound of a broken oodle loop. All right? <laughs> so, <laughs> ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you are an yeah. owl. i what do you like? No, that's a broken OODA loop. Come on. <laughs> so you got to decide and act, all right? You can't just observe uh. and orient all the time. Uh. So what I want you to remember is that this is a decision-making framework. You can use this for decision-making of almost any kind, not just in battle or not just in editing your home, but in almost anything, really. You can use the OODA loop on your inbox, <laughs> when you're shopping, when you're buying a new car. You know, our good buddy John Over at Let's com, his goal is to control the forces that allow him to overeat. And anyone trying to change behavior or start a new habit is going to meet challenges and obstacles along the way. And each one of these obstacles or challenges is a decision point. And having a strong decision-making framework can kind of help you make your decisions and decisions that are aligned with your goals. Mm -hmm. So the OODA loop can easily become a nearly instantaneous cycle, or you can use it to make more deliberate decisions as well. Yeah,
0: and that's what I like. Because the instantaneous thing, you know, you feel like it is second nature. But like you said, it's more about just the knowledge, experiences, and things that, you know, you've seen and done or right. just i have learned. Um, but yeah, definitely being able to use just something simple. I think it's a simple process. It is.
1: It's very simple. It's
0: catchy. It, it's um, – and it's just okay now. If you kind of go through that, it's probably going to make. I always believe in having some kind of a process. <laughs> almost everything, <laughs> sure. To and, and then being consistent with it. And so, when you make big decisions in your life, this is probably a really good way to to go through that decision making process.
1: Right. So, I like so, it. so just a real simple example, kind of off the cuff here of you know how we used to use this in the field. So, say you're you know you're patrolling, you, you're out in the desert or in the jungle, doesn't matter. You see a person. All right. In an area where there may or may not there shouldn't be somebody, right? Okay. So you observe, right? Right. And then you orient. Okay, here's this person. they What
0: area are we in? It's not off- – What?
1: Yeah. Are they are they armed? You know, do they look like they have any hostile intent? Blah blah blah. You uh-huh. go through that orientation. Okay, so now you orient. You see. Okay, it's a it's a it's not a bad guy. It's probably Definitely. a good guy. Okay. You're still you're still cautious. So you decide. You decide. You're not going to engage that person. All right, you still maintain caution and, you know, target acquisition, make sure that, you know, they can't do anything to harm you, and then you act. You you do something um, in this case you decide not to take offensive action, right. but you decide to be cautious about it as you continue f- moving and patrolling forward, all right? Okay. So this it's that same process that observe, orient, decide, and act that you can use anywhere. Okay. So armed with this new OODA loop information, I want to kind of get back to where I started when I said our, our future is determined every day by the decisions that we make. If you're a regular listener, and of course we hope you are, then like us, you're on a journey to simplify your life. And hopefully you've taken some time to really reflect on your life plan that we've talked about in earlier episodes. What do you want your life to look like down the road? We always talk about, what do we call it, babe? The desired end state, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the desired end state are what you want things to look like in the end as the best place to start out. You know, imagine starting out on a long road trip without a destination of mine. It's just, it's kind of hard to plan things out, you know? <laughs> For sure. So why would you take that chance with your life? And the reason I bring all this back up is that if our future is determined every day by decisions that we make, then we need to keep that future uh, that desired future in our mind when we go through our decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the OODA loop, our desired end state should certainly be a consideration during the orient and decide phases. Just like your personal values and your morals kind of shape your decisions, right? Every day we do that. Right. So so too should plans for your future because they're going to be directly affected by every decision that you make.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: So give the OODA loop a shot and see if it works for you. Maybe having your goals well thought out and a solid framework in place are, are going to lead you further down the path on your journey, and hopefully with a few less stumbling points along the way. So give the OODA loop a shot, and hey, let us know if it works out for you.
0: I like it. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a
1: broken OODA loop.
0: <laughs> I like the ooh, OODA loop. Ooh. <laughs> oh, can you tell we're happy we had
1: day job, If we had day jobs, we'd keep them.
0: <laughs> oh touche all right baby so it's, right. it's your turn okay so on to my topic well you know a couple of weeks ago i was with a group of women and the subject of makeup and the best facial
1: skincare <laughs> products came up of course well, that never happens when i'm hanging <laughs> with my buddies
0: <laughs> it's so crazy it was a business like little get together type thing but anyhow well it was a group of women who have either recently gone over the hill or just about to crest it, like me. <laughs> and uh, so we're really starting to to understand the and pa- hopefully
1: none of them are listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're really starting to kind of understand the powerful effects of gravity. And I'm totally reminded of every time I look in the mirror.
1: Hey, gravity! It's a law. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I wish it weren't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, of course there were. You know talking about the the facial uh, products and stuff, the skincare products, I mean it ranged from like dove soap and oil of Olay to high end products like you would find at Nema Marcus now if you don 't know what Nema Marcus is, good run, <laughs> run for your life, and don 't let your pocketbook ever set foot in that place <laughs> okay i 'm trying not to knock Nema Marcus i 'm kidding Well, kind of it 's a very very nice place it 's a beautiful store and they 've got all these all this high quality and High-end retail uh, products in it. And it's a great department store, but it's pretty expensive. Anyhow, one of the makeup brands that we were talking about was Chanel. And so some of you guys are probably familiar with it. <laughs> I just thought it was perfume. My mom liked Chanel perfume, but I didn't know they had all these different accessories and stuff. Anywho's one of the gals said that she thought the best lipstick was made by Chanel. And so naturally, I asked her, how, well, how much does it cost? And I thought maybe $15, $18, $20 max, maybe. No. It was $38 for the particular one that she had. Wow. And other lipsticks in the Chanel line were up to $50. And I was just like, Ugh. I go, that's ha- like nearly half of my electric bill this month. <laughs> just that's this month. amazing. Just this month, because in Texas, of course... Um, you know, when yeah, a lot yeah. of heat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in the summer, it gets crazy. But really, I was like, man, I can get three or five decent lipsticks for the price of one. And um, honestly, I, that's actually kind of how I expressed it. I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. I just don't think I can spend that kind of money for a tube of paint, you know, a lip paint, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: but cosmetics are just crazy expensive. Yeah. And they just or, and they
0: target the women because it's all about yeah. the beauty. Well, even the for the guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, Starting to, but yeah, yeah, it's mostly the women. They know that we're suckers for that kind of stuff. I always end up
1: wearing, my cologne's always Tester. You know, (laughs) That's what I always got. Tester. I didn't know it came in so many different bottles. It's got a sticker right on. It says Tester.
0: Oh, you need to listen to the rest of this topic because frugal versus cheap. That (laughs) will probably air on the cheap side.
1: I ain't paying for that Channel 5 stuff. (laughs) You're killing me.
0: (laughs) So, well, you know, I, I guess I was thinking that I guess I reacted that way because I, I guess maybe it's, that's how I was raised. I mean, my parents started out their lives together with not a whole heck of a lot. Um, borderline poverty, I would say, not really, but they were close. I mean, they just didn't have a whole lot of money. It was my, just my father was working, and he was enlisted in the Marine Corps. So at the time, I mean- Four it, kids. Four kids. And yeah. so, and and mom was a stay-at-home mom at the time. But eventually, they worked their way through college and became successful professionals. But it was those humble beginnings that kind of shaped their somewhat frugal and resourceful ways, which I naturally adopted- you know, and and we just never were exposed to high-end designer clothing. It just wasn't a priority for my, my mother and my father. They never grew up that, with that in their childhood, and I didn't grow up with it, so I was never really exposed to it. Right. So, but let me explain, though. I mean, I'm not opposed to that kind of stuff. Just because I don't shop at high-end designer clothes and, and, and you know, get these designer labels doesn't mean I don't care about how I look and, and being trendy. I actually do. I have fun with it. I like oh, yeah. to kind of change my you know, style. And cute. Look. Thank you. Um... You know, I just don't want to do it at the risk of going into debt. Right. You know, yeah. I've been there, not for designer clothes, but I mean, I've been in debt before and it's not fun and I never, ever want to go back. Right. So, but as a matter of fact, you know, I was just at a business dinner the other night and four women commented on my outfit. And one of those women was actually an image consultant. said, wow. like, I love that skirt and your necklace. And I was like, Thank you. They would, they would die if they knew how little that outfit cost. And I'm talking everything from jewelry to the clothing to the shoes to the undergarments. Everything was well less than $100. They would have freaked out. So <laughs> anyhows. But the whole situation, though, that whole situation about the lipstick and how I kind of reacted got me to thinking, do I sound like I'm being cheap? Do my friends and colleagues think I'm cheap because I don't have you know designer sunglasses or handbags or shoes? And do my clients judge me? Should I invest in higher-end clothing to represent that? Yeah, I, mean, I can imagine
1: all that stuff kind of going through your head.
0: I mean, I was really kind of self-conscious about it so far. I mean, I went so far as to see if I could find designer brands at discounted prices on eBay. Wow. That's yeah, you don't know su- this, Dan, but I looked and I was like, because I had broken some of my black sunglasses and so I wanted to get some new ones. And I was like, well, maybe I should get some Chanel sunglasses. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody else has. and and. Uh, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> thank goodness.
1: That's, that's the pressure of the consumer society, it without is. a doubt.
0: It is. And that whole, you know, this this self-imposed peer pressure type stuff, you yeah. know. But, um, but thank goodness my bout of insanity really only lasted about 15 minutes after I quickly realized how much time I was wasting on the internet and going, this is so silly. And
1: how much potential money, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... So, see, everybody? Yep. We did promise honesty and candidness on the show, and you're getting it right here for me. I'm being just kind of open and honest yeah. with you about this ridiculous thing that I was going through.
1: So, But well, we everybody goes through this stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? oh, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I know. I,
1: no, I talk about how my gadget addiction, or, or
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't want to call
1: it addiction. <laughs> I can quit anytime I want. (laughs) (laughs) He's an addict. You're an addict.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I guess I've always considered myself to be somewhat frugal, you know, and I I often joke that I'm the frugal organizer because I I try to reuse or repurpose items from my own home or my client's home when it comes to organizing. Um, So when I felt troubled by the question, am I being frugal or am I being cheap? I decided to explore this internal struggle a little bit more. Okay. So, what's the first thing you should do?
1: Ask the Google machine. <laughs> that's right.
0: <Yeah. laughs> that's exactly it. That's what I did. I jumped right on the internet. I mean, I mean, what rational modern day human wouldn't jump on the internet to get information, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: or go to the library and ask to bust out the microfiche.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's old school. <laughs> yeah so you got one on the internet you
1: got an internet
0: <laughs> can you tell that story real quick oh my gosh i'm sorry putting you on the spot
1: <laughs> well we we were going to float down the river one day uh in the summer about two years ago now I think and so, uh yeah. and this 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 terrific guy he came out and uh he uh he had you know he had he could like he could floss with a fire hose, type of, you know, a lot of gap and everything. And nice guy, but definitely didn't, job there at the gate didn't include a dental plan. But, um, he, uh, he was trying to tell us about this other place where they have another little shack that sells food and, uh, and he says, "Y'all got one of them uh, internets? You all got an internet? <laughs> you got one of them internets? <laughs> yeah. and we're like, what? Just get on there, go HTTP, and then dot, dot over the dot, and then the slashy slash, and then www. You know, <laughs> you know, we
0: were dying, <laughs> we dying. It's it's like, as a matter of like, fact, yeah. we've got
1: about two or three of them internet.
0: <laughs> we created the internet yeah. right in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry we had to digress. That, that story was so funny. Anyway, still saying. <laughs> Okay, so as I was exploring this this struggle and I was surfing the internet, you know, I already had a general idea of the difference between frugal and cheap, okay? Um, But I wanted to check my sanity and whoo, there was a lot of information out there. Let me just tell you that. (laughs) So... As I sifted through the various articles, I found a few for me that clearly explained the difference or explained it, I guess, in the same way I would have or even better. Cool. So what I thought I would do is to kind of highlight some of those better explanations and examples of what I found because I think it's bound to be a question or topic that comes up with this type of lifestyle that that we're all uh, interested in and and, um, striving for. So
1: I think you're right.
0: So whether this topic is something that you explore personally or with others who aren't quite sure what a life of simplicity means... I think that it will help you kind of put things in perspective and make it easier to explain. What do you think, Dan?
1: I think it's, yeah, it's spot on. This is definitely going to come up in conversation. Yeah. And even like we have some, we have some very, very nice things, but we don't have to have everything nice, crazy nice. You know, some things are just tools to get by in life. That's right. So, you know, you said you don't have a lot of designer handbags or anything, but you have very nice Saddleback I have leather one, ones, but I the, have one, tote, right? Yeah. I do
0: have one, you know, and that is the one nice one. But it's it was all about the quality, the yeah. practicality and of it, it's functionality guaranteed for life, exactly. So we did all of our research on it, type of thing. Yeah. So, and I was a little spoiled on that one, but that's it. There's yeah. nothing else. Everything else is just kind of just really. Inexpensive, practical. Yeah, stuff. it's more
1: utilitarian than showy, exactly. flashy. Exactly. Yep.
0: Exactly. So, so let's start with what a definition, uh, what the definition of being frugal and being cheap is. Um, and here are a couple of definitions I found on a blog called Life Renewed. Frugality is in the center of the money spectrum between cheapness and extravagance. Like most good things, frugality taken to either extreme is not a good thing. It is the wise and intentional use of money, whether saving or spending. I like that. Yeah. Now, being cheap is a reluctance to spending money, even on the things that are necessary and needed. Cheapness is selfishness and often results from fear. Fear of running out of money and not being able to take care of yourself and your family. Cheapness is only concerned about spending the least amount of money possible. So, hmm.
1: Yeah, those are good.
0: So just, you know, kind of puts it kind of in perspective, the difference between frugal and cheap. Now, a similar definition I found on AskMen.com. Now, just a warning here. If you decide to check out this website, just know it's all about how to become a better man. And apparently, the main motivator to become a better man... Yeah,
1: I never needed to go there. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, of course not. But apparently, the main motivator to becoming a better man is like the hope that someday you'll be able to hook a drop-dead gorgeous woman, like the ones they splash on their website of scantily clad women in bathing suits. So, just saying. <laughs> well, okay. that's why
1: I've never been there. I don't need to get that. You no. don't. I already got yeah. Okay. My My baby. <laughs>
0: So, so, anyhow, so if you can ignore the pics... So. I'll go there and
1: check it out and let, I'm make sure, sure you will. people know it's safe. Just make sure it's safe. It's a it's family safe. show. It's a family yeah. show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, they had a kind of a straight-to-the-point definition, and it goes like this. Cheap people care about the cost of something. Frugal people care about the value of something. That
1: is a simple definition.
0: I like it. That's just a manly, simple definition, yes, isn't it? Yes, is. <laughs> So, Cut anyway...
1: all the... Superfluous a- stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right. But anyway, I mean, that's kind of just right to the point, isn't it? Yep. So, so let's talk about examples of being cheap because I'm all about, okay, got it. Can you give me some examples to you know kind of put it in perspective here? Um, now, here's some examples, again, from that blog I just mentioned, Life Renewed. Cheap is buying stuff on sale just because it's probably the best or only time to get this item at such a cheap price. Frugal is buying only what is needed, wanted, and by researching the best deal. So let's say you're in a supermarket, you know, or like Walmart, you know, they're, gosh, they're famous for just putting stuff out in the middle of the aisles, you know, between the big aisles and of stuff. It's like, oh, get this now. It's, you know, it's a dollar off on this. You don't really need it. Right. You don't need it, but people will get it because that's the cheapest thing they have. You know, this is the cheapest price they've seen. I got to get it. So that's, that's an example.
1: Right. They're shopping to satisfy their, their cheapness and not Shopping for an item. Uh,
0: Exactly. It's not deliberate purchasing at all. They're about the deal. Exactly. Okay, here's another example. Cheap is buying the cheapest food, um, restaurants or at grocery stores, without any care for quality or nutrition. Frugal considers the cost of food, but with regard to quality and health benefits. Now, I know that Dan and I could relate to this. um, You know... We could probably save a heck of a lot of money by buying just wheat or white bread, processed cheese, ramen noodles, or just macaroni and cheese. And that could be our diet. Right. But what kind of health benefits would that provide for right. us? And so what Dan and I do is that we, we are mindful of what things that we can buy. Like we – there's certain things that we'll buy organic and there's other ones that we're like, okay, we can't because it's just – it's yeah. not within our budget. So – but we're like, what's going to give us the best bang for our buck health-wise and then we can cut other ways?
1: Yeah. It's like uh – I don't know why they call it Hamburger Helper. It tastes just fine the way it is. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? What is that from?
1: Come on, in that movie. Oh. Vacation, National Lampoon's oh, Vacation.
0: Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so here's another example. Cheap is not tipping at restaurants or not paying your share of the tip on a group ticket. Frugal budgets for eating out, which includes tax and tip.
1: Have you, ever, call, yeah. have you ever witnessed this? Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, like Your buddies are like, uh, no, they'll make up like this thing that the service wasn't that great so they don't have to pay the tip, but you know they're just being cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and actually, I kind of witnessed this um, at a meeting where a person was questioning the price of the cost of the meeting and the cost of the meal and... Um, and was asking if she had to even purchase the meal at the venue, you know. And I th- I guess I kind of was like, that's just being cheap. You you know, you saw the announcement. It had all the information on there. You could have asked about that before even attending the event. Um, so I just thought she was being cheap. Frugal would have been staying at home and not attending the event because it just didn't fit her budget. Right, yeah. So anyway, I was just kind of, it was kind of odd. So here's another example of ch- uh, cheap and, and being frugal. Cheap is suffering living in a hot or cold house because you don't want to spend too much on the utilities. Frugal finds the right temperature that is economical and within a budget that's not wasteful. <laughs> now, Dan, <laughs> Dan didn't yeah. you? I see you laughing. You don't want to ask you. That's a, yeah. Didn't you do that one winter when you were single living in a Valdosta? Yes, like, but this was me. Wait, wait, wait. Were you being cheap or macho?
1: I, this was man against nature. All right? <laughs> You're
0: being macho. I, was, knew it. I knew it. And I
1: made it until like the end of February before I turned my heat on. But I was shaking like a chihuahua passing a peach pit because I was so <laughs> cold. Uh, I just—I mean, I woke up seeing my breath. But I, uh, yes, I was trying to save money at first. But but then it got to uh, you know it's just this fight against man against nature. And you know what? Yeah, she totally- slapped me up like I <laughs> <laughs> nature just punked me, you know. But I, it took her three months to do it.
0: Oh, there you go. At least you get that going for yeah. you. <laughs> Okay. Now, now here's another example. Cheap is lying about your kid's age to get a discount. Frugal is planning and budgeting outings with your family that considers the cost of such outings, right? Right. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay. Now, I never lied about age to get in, but I did stretch my height a little bit to get on some rides. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: Okay, so boy, it's a fun show today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so those were examples from Life Renewed. Here's some from another website I found called uh, Mr. Money Mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, of course.
0: Who <laughs> you know- linked
1: to from AskMen.com, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: I didn't even look to why he was the money mustache man. I don't get that, but um, so I was just like, I guess stick to the topic here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he has some thoughts on the difference between frugal and cheap too. First, he says it's all in your head. Many of the worst spending addicts do so because of their imaginary fantasies about social status. Yeah, and of course I agree. We talked agree about too. this before. Just because someone buys a cheaper, not necessarily cheap car, just a cheap car a cheaper car doesn't mean they can't afford a higher priced one right yep. it, it just may mean that they it's not that important to them or to have a fancy car right, so i mean it's like us we I had my mind set on getting the brand new forerunner the two thousand ten at the time was a they were doing a whole new uh,
1: redesign know, redesign
0: yeah. yeah the whole thing, and it was just it looked just kind of it was cool it was just a great look and it was sportier and everything but um but we ended up going with a Honda Pilot instead. And I was—I didn't even know that this SUV existed. I was all forerunner all the way. But Dan was like being the uh, smart shopper. He's like, well, let's look around at a few different options. And I was like, you know what? That is probably the good thing to do. And yeah. so lo and behold, we ended up getting the, the Pilot. But it was awesome because it had way more features. All the features that I wanted that would have had to have been upgrades in the Forerunner. And the base of the Forerunner was a heck of a lot more than the, the Pilot. Right. So I would have had to pay even more than that to what was already marked up price. And so, anyway, it just ended up being a better deal for us and it's not be- not that a forerunner like this high-end designer model um but it was definitely more expensive and although we could afford it, we decided no, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Right. And and it really worked out the pilot worked out for um just the family and the business as far as, you know, you hauling stuff.
0: Right. Yeah, cuz don't hate me cuz we have an, an SUV. It's just that um it, like Dan said, it's very practical for my business, hauling product around and right. stuff like that and for the size and of the And we table. love that
1: Honda Pilot, too, except for the GPS, and we talked about that in, yeah. An, yeah, <laughs> in an earlier that's episode. Right.
0: Another thing that he says is that frugal doesn't mean owning mostly crap.
1: <laughs> Lovely. <laughs>
0: he just, you know, he calls it straight, you know. But well, cheap, he's got a mustache. <laughs> <just snacking laughs> cheap people will keep things like old appliances, even though they're not efficient, energy efficient, or even safe. They just don't want to buy anything new, right? And and a frugal person will buy a newer product because it'll probably save time and energy. I know we talk about this all the time when it, you know, when it comes to making purchases, it's all about the product's longevity, efficiency, and time savings. Yeah, it's, for the, us.
1: it's what does it cost to own it over its lifespan?
0: Exactly. So and we're all about quality here. As a matter of fact, I, I know I did a little um, a thing segment one time about I'm all about quality. Yeah. <laughs> so he also says that frugal doesn't mean you don't spend on yourself you should still enjoy a date night here and there with your spouse or treat friends or family to dinner every now and again or get a massage every once in a while. Just don't become a pamper-me addict, okay?
1: Right. Yeah, that can be pretty easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really can. You know, you get that massage once a week or, you know, a mani-pedi. That stuff adds up. So yeah. he's just saying, you know, that's what that's why being frugal, you're going to benefit from having the experiences of being spending time with uh, your family and friends and loved ones and stuff like that. So it's okay to, to spend on yourself. Yeah,
1: probably... Um- do the old Pareto principle on it, you know, the 80-20 on, on, your, on your spending and, mm. and where your money goes. And.
0: There you go. Okay, and so let me give you a couple other examples from another site. Um, from, it's called Voluntary Simplicity before I go into my thoughts on everything. Now, from Voluntary Simplicity, um, the, the writer there, she says, Frugality has become almost synonymous with deprivation and denial, and understandably, so this kind of negative frugality turns most people off. When frugality is based on your own values and what you want out of life, it can only be a positive influence. It's not about spending less money. How you choose to spend your time and how you choose to conserve other resources should all be part of the total equation. Right. So very good point.
1: Yeah, it just re- that reinforces everything we've talked about you know, so far on this, I right.
0: think. Right. You, know, you know, frugality is positive, it's empowering, and it's about achieving financial freedom. So, so what's it all worth? Really, what's it all worth? From Life Renewed, it's about balancing your needs and wants of today with those needs and wants of tomorrow. It's not a destination, but a journey. Perfect.
1: Perfect for I'd us, yeah. I love that,
0: yep. And I totally agree with this. I say all the time that it's okay to spend money on things you need and even want, as long as it's deliberate, thoughtful, and won't hurt you or interfere with your long-term goals. It's the spending every dime you have the second you get it, and with no regard for your future, or saving every dime you have and not enjoying a thing in life, that's what will get you in trouble or living a life of regret.
1: Right. It's like we've all had that feeling when we were a kid about you get some money and my dad used to say, Oh, that money's burning a hole in your pocket. I couldn't wait to get to the store <laughs> right? to, to buy something. Yeah. You know? And it was you know, me and my brothers we spent it on either you know, candy, pizza rolls, vampire blood, <laughs> and then one year yo yo's were big. You know?
0: <laughs> vampire that, blood. That vampire Sweet.
1: blood was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Or a firework.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just
1: one, cause you can. Uh,
0: I don't remember having much money, but I remember taking rides down to the thrifty store, and we used to be able to get ice cream for like twenty five, like yeah. two scoops for twenty five cents. Yeah. It Was awesome. I think
1: there's an advantage to not having a whole bunch of nice. stuff, like you said, with your family. You know,
0: well, that definitely needs to be a topic.
1: It should be. I, I want to tell people about my my scar on my arm. Oh. The which scar? The, you know, the, the that long scar, or that that little all the little dots on my arm. Do you want That's to tell what, us right now? Well. well You know, there were seven kids in my family growing up, Uh and there was eight hot dogs to a pack. So those are fork marks from going for that last hot dog all the time. Yeah, I was a little one. And so, you know, seven kids going for eight hot dogs. I wanted that extra hot dog.
0: So. I guess everybody else is too. Yeah. But you're the yeah. little guy, huh? They yeah. Got <laughs> Aww, man, that brotherly love. <laughs> okay, all right. So my thoughts here is that being frugal helps you to have a better understanding of appreciation for and relationship with your money. Being frugal usually means that you'll have a better understanding of what living within your means really means with benefits of avoiding debt, avoiding bad purchases, avoiding foreclosures, etc., It helps you to analyze and focus on your important goals and priorities. Just recently, we had to turn down a business engagement because it wasn't budgeted for. It would have been a great opportunity for us, but we just decided that, you know what, we didn't plan for it. This kind of just came up. We didn't budget for it. Let's consider it next year kind of a thing.
1: Right, yep. That's just the way it is.
0: Now, I also think that that when you're frugal, you usually end up with more time and more means to do things that you really want to do, not just living paycheck to paycheck. It can allow you to allocate those resources – the time and, and money, to other causes or priorities, like donating to charities, giving your time to help others, putting away money to help your child with college or save for a wedding or maybe f- to save for a family vacation, even your dream home, even if it's a small home like yeah, what we like want. We want yep. <laughs> so yeah. so here's just some final thoughts. Yet again, we come to an idea or concept that isn't cookie-cutter perfect, all right, Frugality is different for everyone, but after reading, you know, after I was reading these articles and many ideas on the the topic, I've come to conclude that the idea of being frugal is a concept of being in control, being more mindful, and being deliberate so that you can live a life on purpose, without the pressure of trying to achieve what society or mainstream America defines as success. It's about living in the moment, responsibly, of course, and also looking forward to the good things that lie ahead. It's not about being selfish, stingy, or living in fear. It's all about defining life on your own terms and securing your freedom to live a life with meaning.
1: That's awesome. So what do you think? I think that's I think that's great advice and that was a good wrap up there. Thanks. And I think if anybody ever needs a little um, a booster shot mm-hmm. for their frugality, for me personally the best way for me to do that is go and edit. Edit oh yeah. Cuz I see things that I spent money on. Yeah. F- that were just were stupid purchases, not not thought out, mm-hmm. and um, so that's kind of like a little booster shot of frugality.
0: Yeah, you know, and and when you go through those kind of things, yeah, it might be upsetting and painful at first, yeah. but at least you're learning something. Now you're going to be more mindful on the next purchase, right. you know, and so and that's that's what I love about this whole thing, this whole process. It's all about learning. Yeah. So so now that you've listened to what I've you know said about frugality and and, and cheapness, so having the tester cologne mm-hmm. is that being cheap or frugal
1: well I naturally smell good oh, so if you say so so the tester only enhances my my natural aroma that's still cheap <laughs> that's still cheap babe yeah. I can't help what people give to me.
0: Um, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. The only thing, right? (laughs) Okay, folks.
1: So, Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Coming up next, we have the Edit and Forget It Challenge.
0: Okay, lots of new folks have joined the Facebook Edit and Forget It page this past week. So if you signed up for Edit and Forget It, Join the fun over on Facebook, yeah, too. Yeah, come on over. Yeah, it's never too late to join the challenge. It's going on all year. So if you're ready to edit 2013 things from your life, head on over to SimpleLifeTogether.com and sign up.
1: Yeah, and a, special, a very special shout out to former President George Bush Ooh. for his support and the video that he did for the Edit and Forget It uh, challenge over on the Facebook page. I don't know page. how you
0: pulled that off.
1: Well, hey, regardless right. of your politics towards the former prez, it's the, nice to know that he um, supports all the efforts at Simplificating. Some simple, simple things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he couldn't even say it. <laughs> he makes up words that I can't even say.
1: <laughs> awesome. I'm not. I'm not sure he got the whole thing, but hey, it was sure nice of him to take the time. That's
0: so, nice. All right, so let's move on to the thing segment. Dan, I think I, you're
1: up. I am. This actually kind of ties in. This is totally unplanned. This actually ties in with your frugality thing a little bit. Oh. And it's just something that I noticed, and I'm. I'm sure I'm not the first person to notice this, but um, this is how I put it together. I've noticed that in life that things that you typically need are – they only meet two of three criteria, all right? And the three criteria are fast, good, and cheap, all right? That's my fast, good, and cheap (laughs) model. And if you need something really bad, it only falls into two of those, all right? So you can have good and fast – but that's usually an expensive option, so you got to be prepared to pay extra. All right, <laughs> right. And you can have good and cheap, but typically they're not available within your time frame. So you got to plan. All right. So, like for instance, you need a you need a certain cord. Um, well, nobody else is going to need a certain cord for their mixing board. I guess that's just podcasters, <laughs> but, but, but you know, you need that certain thing, and it's like, well, I'll go to Radio Shack, and you go to Radio Shack, and it's like nine dollars, and then you look on Amazon, and it's like a dollar fifty with free delivery. Ooh. You know, so you can have it good and you can have yeah. it cheap, but it ain't fast. You got to order, and it's going to take a couple <laughs> days. Right? But the worst products fall into the fast and cheap category, all mm-hmm, right? Those are ti- on you. Yeah, those are typically the ones that end up as like a clutter producing option, right? So, <laughs> exactly. and usually an impulse buy. That's it. So the best way to avoid the whole fast good and cheap conundrum, identify your true needs, do a little bit of research and plan in advance. All right? That way you're not stuck with fast good and cheap.
0: That's cool. Well, that yep. actually did tie into the topic today. It sure Thanks. did.
1: It sure did. <laughs>
0: Okay, so my thing is I'm reading Brené Brown's book and if you don't know about Brené Brown, we we actually got to listen to her speak at the uh, the World Domination Summit and right, she talks awesome. about Yeah, she's got her, you know she's a she's got a doctorate and she's works at the she, University, University of Houston, Houston I think. Yep. Yeah. And uh, she's actually on Oprah, on the Today <laughs> yeah. show. She's just become really popular um and I think it, her popularity kind of sparked with one of her TED Talks. And so anyway, she's just amazing and she talks about courage, vulnerability and and things like that. And uh, anyhow, I'm reading Daring Greatly, which is her latest book, and a quote by Carl Jung, a a Swiss psychotherapist who founded analytical psychology and concepts of extroverted and introverted personalities. Yeah, like one of those really smart guys. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well... He's probably a dead guy, and probably Probably smart dead guy. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyhow, well, she was talking about practicing courage and facing her shame and vulnerabilities. Um, In particular, she was describing a moment where she mistakenly sent an email to someone, and she was instantly shamed by it because it wasn't a really nice email. She thought she was sending it to her husband, and she ended up sending it to this other guy.
1: And, he, and, the, and the guy she sent it to shamed her? Yeah, he okay. shamed
0: her and just says, I knew, it. I knew you were, you know, you weren't everything that you said you are and this and that. And so she felt horrible. And, um, and so, but she knew she had to face her shame. So one of her pieces of advice was to own the story and not bury it. Like she could have easily just let it just kind of ignored it and just not done anything. Right, hide it. Yep. Yeah. But um, and so she quoted Carl Jung, who said, I am not what has happened to me, I am what I choose to become. And so, anyway, I thought that quote was really powerful because too often we let shame control and silence us. By owning your own pain and admitting your vulnerabilities, somehow you become like stronger. I mean, have you ever done something that you weren't very proud of, but once you talked about it with someone that you trusted and that didn't judge you back or shame you for it, um, that actually empathized with you, you felt like this weight was lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, you yep. know, you so you didn't feel like you were alone, and that. You could at least acknowledge that shame and address it head on. Well, let me tell you that really it really does help. And yeah. so I just really I really like that quote. And there's a ton of things that I could have quoted out of this book. It's it's like totally highlighted for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, I highly recommend anything by Brene Brown. She I'm a total fan. She's awesome, and um, she's got a lot of great um, information and, and knowledge to share with us. Yeah, all, her so. books
1: look like the yellow pages when you're done with almost with your <laughs> highlighter.
0: Right? <laughs> that's right. So that's my thing.
1: That's cool. Well, you know, we have gotten some (laughs) fantastic feedback lately, and uh, I think it's just kind of time that we catch up on some of it. So I want to go over um, a few things that we've received on iTunes and also some comments that were left on the blog. The first one is from Lisa Johnson.
0: Yeah, and she said, I have thoroughly enjoyed your podcast, website, and videos on Get Simplifies. Thanks for checking them yeah, out. Yeah, that's hey. Vanessa's site. I have learned so much about organizing, and I'm a beginner ready to learn. I have now organized my bathroom and kitchen. I absolutely love the end results, and so does my boyfriend. <laughs> my mornings are getting much easier, and I'm less stressed. Keep up the great work. You both inspire me. I enjoy both organize, uh, both organization and the tech information you provide as a team. You both inspire me.
1: Have a great week. That's awesome. That was on iTunes, and so is this one. I Have Not Heard a Better Podcast on Simple Living. And that's from Mohamed Tahami. He's the author of Midway Simplicity. So thanks, Tahami. And if you guys haven't checked out Mohammed Tahami's work, be sure to click over to midwaysimplicity.com. He has a fantastic blog, and he's got a running interview series on uh, his YouTube channel as well, which is also called Midway Simplicity. And we'll be sure to put links in the show notes. And look for Vanessa and me in a future episode, because we did an interview with him all the way from Cairo, Egypt.
0: Yeah, that was nice. And Nick James wrote, Simple Life Together has without a doubt become my favorite podcast to listen to. Aw. That's awesome. (laughs) Each and every episode has given me some insight towards living a more simple, less cluttered, and more valuable lifestyle. The Edit and Forget It Challenge is already helping me in more ways than I imagined. Thank you for having such a great show.
1: And Tawny Lynn wrote, I absolutely love this show. Dan and Vanessa have definitely inspired me and others around me to join in on the journey to a more simple life. I especially love how honest they are with their own struggles. Yeah, we got plenty of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that this is a process and a lifestyle change that it, t- it takes time and it really does uh-huh. and and well, she, oh, let me continue hers. Thanks for putting together a great show every week. Well, thank you, Tawny. That that really means a lot to us and and you're absolutely right. We really try to hit home that this is a journey and mm-hmm. and and you don't get any judgment here. No. We all backslide and
0: Mm-mm, that's
1: right. You know, we had a little backsliding incident this uh this weekend at the rodeo. Oh, yeah, we did. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future podcast.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, we also got some feedback from Angora from United Kingdom, who wrote, Simply Brilliant. This podcast breaks tradition with the meaning that simplifying is about denying yourself something, but to the contrary, it embraces available technology to make space for a simple life in modern times. The combination of Vanessa's organization tips in reducing clutter and dance suggestions of helpful technology makes the idea of simplifying exciting and doable. After six years of downshifting to a simpler life, I am still learning something new each episode that is easy to put in place.
1: That's awesome. We could probably learn an awful lot from from Angora too. Oh yeah. So on the website, we received a couple of comments and the first one is from Mark, who's also from the UK in London, says I am loving the podcast. The information is great, the ideas are great. But in my opinion, the greatest thing about these podcasts is the relationship and obvious chemistry between the two of you. Superb. Aw. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) That's us. Thank you very much.
0: Yep. And Erin from Brazil commented on our last podcast about going without a printer. She says, I love the podcast. Thanks for the great tips. I do have to disagree with the idea of getting getting rid of a printer. I love printing things. I'm creative, visual, and a kinesthetic right brain learner. And living without paper and a printer would seriously make my life not as fun joyful, or even practical. I use a printer five to six days a week. My three kids use a printer also for their schoolwork. I live in Brazil, South America, and the disorganization of things here makes having paper receipts and proof that things were done essential when they get things screwed up. And trust me, they get things screwed up all (laughs) the (laughs) time. I'm glad you guys were able to get rid of it, but it's just not a good thing for creative types like me. I actually print out ebooks, artwork, and things that make me inspired to tape to my walls too. Anyways, just wanted to chime in. All the best, which is so cool because...
1: You're absolutely wrong, Aaron, and you need to change your life. No, I'm just kidding. No,
0: I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Aaron. That's yep. why I work with my clients that are the same type of creative types. You know, I definitely do not discourage having that visual stimulation to kind of help them out. So yeah. I love the feedback. Thank you, Aaron. That
1: is great. And, you know, that is the, the one thing about... Uh, we are... T- try not to be rigid at all is what works for us it certainly may not nope. work for somebody else and 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 vice versa but Got uh it. We could probably learn a lot about uh, from Aaron too, from uh, as far as how to print things out of- efficiently, you know? Sure. So, Aaron, send us some notes.
0: There you go. Now so, that was Aaron E R E N. You're right.
1: This one's from Aaron E R I N.
0: Yeah, this is our last uh, feedback.
1: And uh, Aaron E R I N heard <laughs> us on Joel Zavzlowski's podcast, Smart and Simple Matters, which you can also find in iTunes or at valueofsimple.com. Aaron and her husband have been getting rid of something every day for the last 10 months. And it's really affected other areas of her life, too. And so she writes, When I heard about the Edit and Forget It challenge, I thought, wow, what a great idea. I'm happy to have stumbled on Simple Life Together, especially since a lot of the voices in the online simplifying sphere are more hardcore minimalist than I want to be, at least at this point in my life. I appreciate that you guys are, at least at present, sort of spanning the gap between mainstream America and super minimalist. It's where I feel like I'm headed, too. Yay. Well, you know, man, that's, she nailed it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what we're about.
1: That's fantastic. So thank you very much, Aaron, for that. And and that's exactly where we want to be, kind of bridging that gap.
0: Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for the feedback. We just it really, really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It motivates us. Okay, so that's it for Episode 16 of Simple Life Together. Today, I talked about the difference between being frugal and just being cheap, and Dan dialed us into a great little military decision-making tool called the
1: OODA loop. And I told you about the broken OODA loop, too, so (laughs) don't forget that. (laughs) And And my thing was uh, uh, ways to beat that good, fast, and cheap dilemma. And Vanessa's thing was a quote from Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly.
0: So that'll do it for today. Don't forget to sign up to receive the Simple Life Guide to Building Your Website if you're looking to start a lifestyle business and think about whether the edit and forget it challenge to eliminate 2013 things from your life in 2013 is for you.
1: And to make sure you don't miss an episode, the best thing to do is subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast directories, or you can go to simplelifetogether.com slash RSS and subscribe there as well. Thanks again to all those who left us such great ratings and reviews. If you get some value from the show, and you want to show us some loving, just go to simplelifetogether.com slash iTunes, write a couple of lines, hit a couple of stars, and that's it. Nice. Thanks very much.
0: <laughs> and remember, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 016. Connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Get Simplified, and Dan is at Daniel Hayes. We have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website.
1: We love to get your emails, notes, and voicemails, so be sure to leave comments below the show notes or leave a voicemail on the site. Feel free to plug your show or your site, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. Or just send us an email. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your
0: Simple Life Together.